Hello and welcome. So excited to be with you again. You're still on to the Polished and Fit Preparatory course and I'm excited um, to be with you today. Um, you're on to session four right now, which we call the early years wisdom um, and currently at module four, which is the domestic staff wisdom. I'm so interested in this particular one and I'm excited about it. So let's just jump right into this one, right? I discovered that, you know, one of the major areas um, that has become an essential for family life is getting an ideal domestic staff. Yes, you heard me right. Okay, at one point or the other, you will definitely require some help uh, as it is, you know, important to handle this particular phase with wisdom, right? Whether you are going to have a live-in maid or a live-out domestic staff, you need to face this hurdle once and for all. Now, I'm not saying that this would fix all your maid dramas, but I'm so sure that it will give you a good start um, as you go on this particular aspect of the journey. Like I said, they have almost become an essential for the family life right now because you have so much you want to do um, as, a, as a woman. You have a lot you want to achieve with your career, with your business, and you want to be sure that the home front is still held down. Now, I'm not saying that you're transferring the responsibilities of your family to a domestic staff, but you know, when you have a trusted hand that is there as an assistant helping you with the kids, helping you with the chores, helping you with a lot of things at home. It's a kind of help you with creating a balance to be able to, you know, go ahead to do several things you need to do. Imagine you having a very busy schedule and um, you need to travel a lot. You don't want anything, um, you know, interfering with the movement you need to make because you're concerned that okay, so what's going to happen with your kids, you know, um, whilst you're away. So you want to make sure that this aspect is um, well taken care of. Now, I also know about people that are able to juggle the whole thing together. Maybe they have relatives, they have family members that are able to assist them through this um, early season of, you know, raising their kids. If whatever um, circumstance is that you're in, it's all fine and well, but I'm just creating this wisdom, you know, for people that um, will definitely need some help at a particular time, you know, with their family life. So let's just jump right in. Um, so as you know, in every of the model, we always have a model defining scripture. And like I always say to you, if this is the only um, time you're encountering this course and you're from another faith, it's all fine and well. Don't tune off. I'm so sure that there is a purpose for you being a part of this course at this time. So just relax and keep your hearts open as you learn and, you know, as we rub minds together on this one. So our model defining scripture for this would be, Proverbs 31 and verse 15 in the Amplified Bible, it says, She rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food or gets food for her household and assign her maids their task. And assigns her maids their task. Okay, um, and the second defining scripture for this model will be Genesis 39 and verse 6 in the New Living Translation. Um, it says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't need to worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built man. Okay, so having said that, I mean, this is one of like my favorite scriptures when it comes to having a domestic staff. This is like... You know, like my anchor scriptures, where if you ask me anything about my domestic staff, most of the time, this is usually my answer um, for the ideal domestic staff that I'm expecting, right? What is our model objective? By the end of this model, you would be able to, um, you know, have that basic wisdom to start out on your maid and your domestic staff journey. And I really hope this is going to help you to provide the guidance that you so need. Remember, it's hand-holding, so yeah. Um, it might be a step you've never taken before, but I'm sure this is going to guide you and this is going to really help you as you go over this. Now, we have a couple of areas to cover in the outline bottom. As I go through each of the um, outlines, you'll be able to grasp ex exactly what we're sharing and talking about, right? So let's just go in. Now, let me start from the a safe point, which I would call setting the stage. 
one of the first decisions you would need to make, of course, as a couple and as a wife and with your partner is to decide whether you want to even have a maid or not. Okay. Now, this decision is not an exclusive decision to you because you need to communicate with your spouse about it and make an appropriate decision. Now, this is not your mother's house, so you cannot afford to operate with a different template from what you and your spouse have come to agree on. So I need that to be very clear um, as we go on, right? Now, if your decision is that you'll be needing one, then please, you need to decide what type of maid you want to have and the policies and systems you would utilize on the journey. I hope this is making sense to you. All right, let's go on. Um, I know that, I mean, you may have heard all kinds of stories or even had a personal experience with different types of mates, but no one actually gives you a trophy for the most hardworking woman ever. I hope um, you're aware of that. So at any point where you require help, please don't be silent. Look for help, but make sure you're doing you know, that search for your help in the right way. So this is one reason that this resource, this particular model, I mean, I created this model with you in mind, knowing how this face can be and haven't had you know my own even personal experience with um you know domestic stuff so i just thought um this would offer some form of wisdom for you right um so like i said this is just to cr um, create basic help for home management as it relates to the domestic stuff you know like a nanny or a housemaid whichever way you would like to call them right now please also for your peace of mind for your peace of mind ensure that your house has some security gadgets for monitoring and ensure that your security, maybe the security system where you stay, if you're in an estate or you're staying in a place where there's a security system, that um, you duly inform them, you know, not to allow the domestic staff go out, you know, for any reason with your kids. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just need to put a lot of measure in place. And please do not be careless with your children. This is so very important. Um, if things, of course, go as desired, we have actually seen maids become more like family members in some homes. Okay, so um, I'm hoping, of course, that's like most uh, most women, that's the dream like that they have. So, um, yeah, I understand, you know, that kind of feeling. And, you know, we all trust. Anytime we see good maids, we usually acknowledge them and say, well, I, I'm hoping, you know, I have this kind of maid one day and all of that. So for a living staff, please ensure that while they are with you, I'm just setting the stage before I start going in very deeply. While they are with you, please ensure that they do not starve. This is so important. They should feed very well. All right. You know, for the days you will not be at home, you may want to apportion their food before you leave the house. It depends on, you know, whatever feeding system you run in your home, you should make sure that this is in place. So you may want to have maybe a, a meal menu, for example, to save you the time of, you know, consistently thinking about or looking for what they are going to feed on whilst you're away or even while you're around, but you're not able to attend to that with them. So I just thought to set all of that in place before we go in deeply. Now let's talk about um, defining your ideal maid. To kick off on this journey, you need to define who your ideal mate is. Who is she? When you meet her, how will you know that she's the one? Do you understand? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to, you know, provoke your um, awareness towards who you're really searching out for. Okay. Now, how old is this maid of yours? Or is there an age range you're looking out for? Where does she come from? Is there a particular tribe maybe you're looking out for? Where does she stay? You know, for some people, they say things like, oh, they want a, a maid that traveled in from somewhere and all of that. So you want to know what all of that is. What does she do currently? What does she do? Is there, oh, for some people, they say, oh, I want someone that is done with maybe secondary school and all of that. So it depends on what exactly you have in mind for who your ideal maid would be. So I'm still asking you more questions to help you realize, um, you know, how to coin out who this your ideal maid will be. For how long do you want her to work for you? You need to decide that as well. Is there an educational background you want her to have? What do you want her to really help you with? Because, you know, for some people, you know, they just want the, uh, you know, the, the whole trend with, oh, I, I have a mate. So, but what exactly do you want her to come and do for you? You need to define what, like, the job description is going to be. So make sure that, you know, there's a clear job description for what she's coming for. Then is she going to be a leave-in or a leave-out mate? Another question will be, will she be traveling for holidays? 
Is there a code of conduct for working in your home? You need to, you know, come up with all of these things. And then are there deal breakers for you when it comes to a domestic staff? Please, I would always get to this route because honestly, I've seen it work over and over again. I want to recommend that you pray ahead before you get a domestic staff because you need discernment really to choose um, rights because some people can look okay from the surface and they might not just be okay for your home. Do you understand? Ask God specifically for what you want. I usually recommend, you know, and I say pray for a Joseph. Okay, pray for a Joseph. Potiphar did not need to worry about a thing because Joseph was there. So pray for someone that will love your children, love your home. You know, for me, a Joseph is really my ideal staff. Someone that is diligent and, you know, has the fear of the Lord, basically. So I hope this would really help you in defining who your ideal um, domestic staff is going to be. Now, let's go over to finding this, your ideal domestic staff, your ideal mate. Now, where you get your domestic staff from matters a great deal. You need to get a credible source. You cannot just pick any random person to become your domestic staff. You need to do a background check for the agency or the agent, you know, before you engage their services. There's usually, of course, an agency fee. So please be aware and verify that, you know, the agent and the agency, they're actually credible and can, you know, offer the services that they are telling you that they can offer. If possible, please Please get a security firm or even, I mean, the police to do some inquiry about the agency just to get more assurance for yourself. And please make sure you visit it at their office or their house and be sure of their credibility because some people can just come and tell you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an agent and all of that. You want to make sure things are in place. Okay. And, um, some aid honestly some agents are simply interested in just getting their agency fees you know so look out for those that are really credible so that to save you a lot of headache right now if you would be getting the domestic staff through a relative please scrutinize and do not be sentimental follow the due process no matter who is bringing the staff for you all right and then you can ask if you have if you have friends if you have family friends or relatives that have very good domestic staff you may want to ask them where they got the domestic staff from, so that maybe they can recommend their agent or agency to you and um, you know at least since you've seen a result with someone that you know it will easily help you and guide you in getting the one that will be ideal for your own home so let's go over to pre-work startup now like before you even start engaging the services of this domestic staff I haven't said what i've said um, let me go through a quick checklist for the pro um, process of getting your domestic staff the first part for me is usually the meet and greet part you know a formal meeting of your domestic staff to be because of course you're not just going to um, keep hoping about who the person will be you need to meet them physically and um, have a session with them right um yeah so yes you need to meet your domestic staff like officially so to do this please ensure that you are relaxed you are settled and you actually have time for that meet and greet don't do it when you are in a hurry or when you are tensed or when you don't have the time to actually really meet with the person. Now, after doing this, you need to conduct an intensive interview based on the need of the woman of the home and the family. Confirm the character, confirm the current skill set and, of course, hygiene, health, history. You need to find, I'm still going to go into um, explaining what the interview parts um, can be like for you okay so now if you can please get a guarantor for her as well okay so that you know they can be traced or they can be identified don't just go for a random person for example you know i've seen i've seen where people just post and say oh they need a domestic staff and you know someone just walks in and say they are applying for the job i feel like that is being a bit um careless with um, the, the process with the system make sure that there is credibility with whatever you're doing because anybody anywhere can appear and show up and tell you that they are this or they are that but when you put all these measures in place i feel like it will also keep them in check okay now after that you should conduct the six basic tests for them six basic tests and um, tests for them usually the test covers hiv one and two hepatitis b and c pregnancy test 
tuberculosis, maybe a full blood count for some people, genotype and blood group. Now, um, for most homes, many times we stay with just the basic one, which is just usually HIV 1 and 2, hepatitis B and C, and the pregnancy test. If you feel like you may not really need all those other things um, immediately, you can still do them, but those are like the essential ones, really, 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 okay? So, um, depends on what you're able to accomplish, because honestly, these tests are not cheap. They are actually pricey, and you need to really... Um, invest into it to be able to find exactly what you're looking for now after passing the test this is important and she resumes in your home if she's a living you know like i said i'm just giving you like a, a general um what's it called checklist to help you through this process before i go into breaking it down step by step so that you really get the process better all right now after passing the test and she resumes at your home if she's a living Please do what I call a load search or a luggage, you know, inventory. Okay, so please make sure you do this load search or what I call inventory taking, or you can call it declaration of assets if you like. Whether it's financial, the clothes she came with, anything she came with, please make sure you do a proper search through all of those things. Now, this is vital as I have, you know, let me give you a personal ex uh, experience I once had. I've gotten a domestic staff before, you know, that came in with an element that was against, you know, what my own belief is. Okay, and she came in with a special kind of water, you know, in a container like that. You know, and she came and she said that it was from her prophet, or will I call it pastor or prophet now, for protection, that she came with it for protection. Honestly, I had to trash it away. I mean, I just had a, a baby that time. My baby was still growing, you know, and all of that. And then, you know, someone was coming with something and they said it's for protection. Um, and I did not want her, you know, to one of those days go and give it to my baby. Maybe I'm sleeping or I'm resting or something. And then the next thing I'm seeing is that, oh, she, the baby, she wanted to give the baby for protection. <laughs> or put it inside the meal that we are eating or for any other dangerous reason because... Honestly, I do not know what the content of that, you know, item was and I was not ready to take any chance. So I had to trash that away. Now, if I did not do an inventory, you know, a, a load search, I would never have known that anything like that came with her. So don't be too trusting to forget to be um, very, very watchful, okay? Um, so I really had to even watch, uh, you know, her extra, even though she didn't even stay for a long period that time you know um at the time of her departure guess what she even came to ask and said oh she needs her special water and all of that but i had to tell her that sorry it had been trashed already so i'm just saying basically be very watchful because some other people come in with several other things you know you want to be careful about who exactly that you're getting because that period for me was also like you know i'm i'm, I'm sharing these things because i have also learned from the past mistakes or past experiences you know that period was like a desperate period i really really needed someone that time you know to be with my baby and all of that so i was just ugh, interested because she was a young girl and i felt okay i'll be able to work with this one and all that but when i saw all of those signs and you know, after a while, her mom started calling and calling and calling. It became, I just had to let her go, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, basically, that was the experience at that time. So, after um, we've done this um, inventory of the luggage they came with, the next thing is to have a thorough bath. She needs to go and have a thorough bath and brush her teeth. Why am I saying this? It's basically for hygiene reasons, okay? So, um, it's important to ensure that she actually has that thorough bath before doing anything at all in your home. Note also that some of them don't actually come with any basic care essential. So you might want to add this as part of your system. Maybe have like, well, I, well let me call it a home welcome kit to make it easy for them to do the right things. Because now imagine you have said one of your um, policies that, you know, she needs to have a thorough bath once she comes into your space, but then she's, she doesn't have the bathing soap or the sponge or anything else to use. So um, some of the things we usually put as a welcome kit for them, for most of them is usually bathing soap, sponge, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, a basic lotion, maybe it can even be a simple thing like shea butter or coconut oil you understand then sanitary pad towel for them for likes to clean their body and then bathroom slippers these things i have seen it over and over again you see some of them come in just maybe with one very tiny sack 
you know, having nothing in them. So you would almost have to be responsible for a couple of things, you know, before, you know, they are able to really settle in. So this can also give like a soft start in case they did not come with those things so that you don't even start putting in expectation for what would not even be possible. Do you understand? Yeah. Then the next thing will be eating and settling in. When they come in, please make sure you give them food to eat because they may be hungry and that's not the time to start asking them, oh, are you hungry or have you had something to eat? When they come like that, especially if they've gone through the process of a very strong interview session and after that, you know, they've they waited for results you guys came back home and then you know they did the load search then they need to have their bath definitely at that time time would have definitely gone and then they will need to eat right so make sure that um, there's something prepared you'd have planned for that that while they're coming to your space so there'll be something that they would eat um, while they come in of course the next portion will be giving a general orientation about how your family functions and then take them through the operational code of conduct and your general expectations of them now um the next part will now be to take um, them through a step-by-step -step training to how to function, you know, um, in your home, basically. And um, usually the recommendation is that you should treat them, you know, with, with courtesy, of course, respect them also because they're humans, respect them, but please don't be too familiar with them and ensure that there is discipline as you function and you operate with them. Now, please let me quickly say this, that slapping, beating or inflicting injury on your domestic staff because they aired is totally inappropriate. Imagine if your boss slapped you or beat you or because you aired at your workplace, you understand? So they have come to work for you and not to become slaves. So be mindful of how you treat them. Many people, sometimes they have bad made experiences because they actually treat those people like slaves they are humans make sure you're treating them very very well and don't forget i mean they have access to your kids so i'm not saying that you should walk in fear but just be fair to them basically you understand don't treat them like aliens don't treat them like i'm not saying that the moment they come oh open every part of your house to them no but make sure that you know you treat them with courtesy and you treat them well basically that's what i'm trying to say and see them as employees not just them um, or oh, people that have come to just walk alone in your home so that the same way you'd have treated an employee at work you'll be able to treat them appropriately while they work with you in the house now i also recommend like a two weeks orientation to just help them master the work and the operations and give them some hands-on training while they start working with you to make it easy because there's a routine i'm still going to get to all of that is you can get an alarm clock that you have set to the time of waking up um that will make it very easy for her because for sometimes we're expecting them we say oh wake up at this particular time and she's not able to meet so instead of you to start creating you know friction ahead of time you can make sure that you have provided all to make the process very seamless and easy then another one is to ensure that there is full compliance no sentiments okay then take a picture of her and file every necessary document to make identification of her very easy after which you can fill a contract form or documentation of what you've agreed. So it doesn't, this contract form I'm talking about does not have to be like, you know, the one that's a lawyer draft. It's just a simple form to say, okay, these are the things you guys have agreed on that this is how she's going to work with you. This is how long she's going to be with you. This is the work schedule. This is the agreed amount you are going to pay her such things. Just want to make sure that all of that is in place, you know, and then, this is also like a form of caution. Don't be in a hurry to also give items, you know, um, to them. Apart from the basic welcome kit, you know, they don't just come to them and the next day, oh, you want to give this, you want to give that. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a giver or you should not uh, be kind to them. But always allow people to earn, you know, trust, to earn things so that um, it can be in place. Why am I saying this? I've also seen domestic staff who just came with the mindset of grabbing as much as they can without any intention to stay or to work. So some of them at the place of interview, they would actually even deceive you. And they would talk and tell you, oh, don't worry, I'm going to work for three years, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And all of that, by the time you're done with those agreements, they actually came with the mindset because they've studied and known that, okay, certain homes, you know, as you're coming, that, oh, the woman is going to buy you this welcome kit and those essentials because a couple of them, like I said, don't even come with most of those things. Some don't even come with underwears and several things like that. So many times, you know, we have to, like, as it were, invest into those things for them. So some of them, they actually 
come with trick around some like i said that's why you need a credible agent or agency so i'm actually planning with the agent sometimes and then they come all they do they would have planned it that okay the person will not stay for more than like a month so that in that period you would have grabbed a couple of those things that you need to um grab um you know, you want to make sure that all of those things are in place. And please, I didn't mention this too. You want to make sure that part of your welcome kit has body spray. Because honestly, I don't know where some of those people come from. Some of them have the whole body odor issue and all of that. So if you have a strong, very good body spray, you want to make sure it's available um, or a strong perfume just to make sure that it's for your own um your for the safety of your nose basically <laughs> that's why you are doing those things okay um you want to make sure that everything is in place and you don't have anybody just smelling because if you are going to give your baby to them you know to help you with you don't want a situation where um you know after carrying your baby your baby is now smelling in a very horrible way you want to make sure that that is taken care of right now after putting that in place like i said don't be in a haste to just rush to give this or give that just give the basic welcome kit that we've talked about right and watch them for a while and be sure that okay yes this person is really diligent and they are really here and then they can start earning you know any extra thing you have like incentives that you want to make available to them i hope this is making sense to you so the next one will be to do a police registration to ensure security covering for them what you simply do on this one is go to a police station and let them have her details for easy tracking or easy tracing if the need ever arises which i'm praying that you'll never have the need to you know have to track and all that like i said honestly i've had all kinds of made dramas you know before i had to really sit down and restructure my system of operation um, which is what has inspired this particular model and i guess this has really been helpful to me and has really helped me to minimize um you know having you know a lot of domestic staff issue because i feel like this has really streamlined my process for me another thing that you know this police registration is going to do is that it's going to put a level of um, what's it called awareness of will i say um, reverence in them that okay wow their details is at police station so they cannot just misbehave at will it keeps them you know conscious of the fact that okay they are not here to play they are actually there to work okay and then also have a weekly appraisal of the work that the domestic staff has done and the areas to improve on as she keeps working you can decide that yours is bi-weekly some people is a monthly one you can just plan for it i'm just saying don't just assume that oh because you gave her orientation you've said everything to her then she's just going to get everything you have said you keep on you know walking her through it until you know she becomes everything you want her to be in handling you know the systems in your home then for some you might want to consider wearing maybe a household attire household uniform for their chores when they are working a simple trouser and a simple top you know would easily do now why i'm recommending these two is that like i said if some of them come with absolutely i've seen some that will come with maybe just three clothes or something you know it's some of those things are actually like not practical it's not it's not practical you know that those things um, will be able to suffice so you want to make sure that you have made your provisions you've made your planning and all of that yes you may say oh wow so i didn't know that this whole domestic staff thing exactly is like that so if you see someone that has a good domestic staff better so you see into her life or you know appreciate and commend them because honestly they are actually rare they are not so many of them but they are out there and they are available right so let's go on so the interview and the questioning so this is the part where i said you've done the meet and greet you have time on this day and you have planned for yourself all right so now let's let's go into this one one mistake i've noticed that employers or families make when they are employing a new domestic staff is assuming that everything is fine or trusting people based on just face value you should never ignore this aspect of interviewing them as it will save you a lot of wrong interest um in intakes right asking the right questions can actually make the difference um for you 
Okay, so some people they you won't even bother uh what's it called recruiting them or employing them because you've seen them from the beginning that okay, this person doesn't work with who your ideal that's why you need to first identify who that your ideal maid is. So that when you're asking questions, you're going to be asking the questions that are tailor-made to who that your ideal maid is, so that you can manage expectations appropriately. So let me share with you maybe some questions you can bring up during your interview sessions. This is these are part of the questions i get to ask but remember my own um structure is different yours is going to definitely be different but these are some of the questions i get to ask so that you're not wondering what i supposed to be asking them at the interview remember that it's not like a normal office uh, kind of interview right um first of all understand that the aim is to just verify who this person really is that's why you're asking these questions you know um and try and see that the answers you are getting are as correct as possible. So watch out for inconsistency. When you're asking, sometimes you re-ask certain questions just to see if the person is going to be consistent with what they are saying the answers are, you know. So let's go on. Let me give you some questions um, that I usually ask. Okay, so um, I, part of the questions can be number one, why do you need the job? Why do you need the job? You need to know why she's coming to work, Right. For some others, the truth is that they were actually forced. I've, I've, I've had um, someone come before. Like I said, I, I created all these things based on maybe personal experiences I have had or experiences of maybe my friends or my relatives and all of that. I've, I've seen them, you know, encounter and this kind of guided me to restructure every single thing that I um, was doing, right? Um, so I asked again that, so why do you need the job? Are you forced or willingly came to help, you know, to serve and to actually work? I'm saying this because um, I've had a case where, you know, I think I had a particular domestic staff at a particular time. Everything was beautiful. Everything went well. I mean, I really liked her and all of that. And we just started working. Like maybe two days later, you know, she said, oh, that she wanted to leave. I'm like, ah, I've spent money, you know, do tests, all of those things. I was wondering what the issue was. Um, and then, you know, she was like, oh, she didn't know she was coming to work, that they just only told her she was going somewhere and all of that, so that she didn't really know that she was going to work. She had not really prepared her mind and all of that. So, of course, I had to do some talking to some mind engineering, just, you know, communicating with her and all of that. I mean, and she was one of my very amazing domestic staff eventually. All right. It took us a while to blend and to bond and all that, but hey, Eventually, I think she was a very good hand for me at the time because she was so helpful and did um, accordingly, you know, as she was supposed to do. But, you know, when you have this particular question asked, you reduce funny stories like, oh, my mom is asking me to come, my dad is asking me to come, or my grandma. I mean, we hear all kinds. We hear my uncle asks me, sending for me, and all those kind of things. So you should know exactly why they need the job so that it will guide you to know what you're looking for some will even tell you oh they need the job because um, they want to go to school in two months time so they just want to make the money they will use to write the examination that they are going for so you know that that one is not really coming to work they just need to get something um and get going all right so know the reason for some they're actually passionate about it they love kids they love to take care of the family and things like that so find out why they need the job number two question will be what is another name that you bear because you should know their name i'm saying this because we've also seen cases where identification the person maybe is you know coming from somewhere else and you know ask these questions in different ways so that um you know they are able to really open up and speak accordingly find out do they have a middle name do they have a surname do they have another name apart from this name that you are currently um, hearing from them is there a name they've born in their past or previously or maybe when they were smallest particular name is there a name they call them at home different from this name because i don't know how they do but a lot of them have you know some very amazing english names i are wondering that is this the name they also call them in their family so find out then do they have any form of identification maybe an id card a bank account um a birth certificate state of origin a passport anything at all something that can serve as an identification for them so that you can look at it or even school results and you can use it to check and see really that what they have said about their name is actually what their name is because like we said we've seen domestic staff that have been um 
not so good and then you know they go to another location and um, change their name and come up with all kinds of funny things so you really need discernment really when you're trying to pick up a domestic staff number three you want to ask them if you want them to because for some families what they do is that they have a different person that handles the kids like a proper nanny and then they have someone else that handles the house chairs and any form of home assistance totally different so both um, of them their duties are actually very you know streamlined and very clear but if you intend because we also have the multi-purpose you know domestic staff that does both taking care of the kids and also taking care of the home so for those ones you want to ask do you have any experience with kids how do you go about being um you know, a, a, a caregiver. Have you done it before? The kids you handled before, what was the age range of the children you handled before? How many were they? Were they boys or were they girls? It's just going to help you to guide you to know what to do. Then you also ask them, what about handling offense from kids? Do you beat them if a kid offends you? Because you know how kids are. They can play any extra play. Sometimes they may hit you. They may they may just be uh, maybe overzealous. That's the way I would like to see it. Sometimes the kids, you know, um, to the domestic staff. And sometimes, honestly, might not be so funny. And they may not know the best reaction to take at that time. So you want to find out from them. If they've said that, you know, they've taken care of kids before. When kids play in a certain way that maybe they don't really like, how do they handle it? Do they beat the kids? kids you know when the child doesn't play appropriately what is usually the action that you take you want to find out about that right and then um, another part will be tell me about your faith i'm talking number four now tell me about your faith are you a christian or do you um have you always been one you know or you were born practicing another religion previously you need to also know um of course what church do you attend are there activities do you do in the church just to verify them further basically because also um you want to just be sure of who is coming into your home so if if you don't want someone of another faith for example you're able to curtail that early because we've seen cases also where someone comes and oh they're of another faith you don't want to um you know have that and maybe introducing your kids into something that is totally different from what you're used to. So you need to ask very defining questions um, about them. The next part, number five, for me, I usually ask how old are you? What is your age with date of birth? I'll ask you the date and then the date, the year of your birth too. Because sometimes you will hear something like, oh, I'm 18 years old or I'm 20 years old. By the time you say, um, yeah, you were born, you now start hearing 90-something and all of that. You know that this person is not being honest or being truthful. And then some, honestly, they don't really know how old they are. <laughs> it's funny, right? But you need to find out about this. Number six will be, of course, their state of origin and maybe their local governments. Again, it's still for verification to really know who they are. Then number seven, you want to ask about their educational qualification, about their educational qualification. Did they go to school? If they did, what class did they stop at? So that you know what kind of expectation you would have. So that you don't go and start saying, oh, yes, um, the person coming is going to be doing homework for your kids and all that. You need to be very sure of who you're with. All right. And then the next question, number eight, will be how well do you do housework? How can you or what can you do very, very well right in the house? And how long have you been doing it? Have you ever worked anywhere before? Have you worked with somebody before? Why did you leave your former place of work? Did you live in peace or you fought them? If they have a phone, can I have the phone number of your last madam or of your last employer? So that um, just to this is just to keep your own mind at rest, you know. Um, I've asked this type of question before and that made me not to actually take the candidate because by the time, you know, she spoke so horribly and I'm not saying that people cannot be that way, but, you know, she spoke with, you know, so much disdain for the former um, employer and then, um, you know, was so abusive of her and then, you know, was so proud and so arrogant with a couple of things she said. I knew that I didn't want to work with this kind of person because I have my ideal made and how I expect the person to be. So, yeah, I talked about that. Then I also asked about their values. What do they think about lying and all of that just to keep me in check or keep my own mind at rest, basically. My next question is usually how teachable are you? What did you learn recently? You can just do a quick teachability test to be sure that this person is going to be able to 
receive correction and reteachable while they come to your space, right? The next one, which is a major aspect for me. Remember, you are going to do this interview before saying you are going for the test. Too. You are not going to do test and then I start running interview. Because from the interview, it can you can actually decide and say, okay, I don't want this candidate. Or, okay, this candidate, we can now... Because the next phase should be that, okay, we can now run the test. So if you don't pass the interview, the person should not go for tests. Don't be in a hurry. So don't say the first thing as the agent just brings the person and then you just take the person straight up, do tests, and you're now asking questions. No, that's not the way it's supposed to work. You should do first the interview. Be sure they've passed the interview before you can proceed for the tests. Now, what I'm talking about is health one. I have seen all kinds when it comes to health. But let's talk about it, right? Now, the health check will be when last did you do any medical test have you done any medical test recently have you had any med medical test before what was the result like when you did the medical test is there any sickness you frequently have when last did you have maybe malaria or typhoid or anything like that you want to find out is there any sickness in your family that comes up often you want to also find out now i'm saying this because i have seen employers battle with major health issues of a domestic staff do you understand? I mean, there, there's a particular employer at a time that actually got someone that was epileptic and the employer did not know. All right. So you don't want to, you know, be in that kind of position because if the person is having like a convulsion, it will be a scary sight for you. Be wondering, ah, what am I supposed to do? And if you have toddlers, you know, it can be very scary even to them. So you want to find out about this. Now, remember I said that you're going to draft a contract to say that these are the things you agreed about. So if they are breaching any of these things, if tomorrow you find out that, oh, the person lied about their health or anything like that you can actually terminate the contract and the job ends there do you understand you, of course it's usually not nice to spend and all of that but it's better than you know putting yourself or your family at risk at any time i personally also have had you know the experience of a domestic staff with a very severe pelvic inflammatory disease which they call pid right now i did not know because everything you know with her was fine even though she looked a bit pale at that time i was like oh maybe she's not feeding well nutrition or anything that i'm sure she'll be fine by the time we worked together because i mean she was so calm and you know kind-hearted and all of that and everything was fine now we were working together she was doing her job doing everything she was supposed to do until like two weeks later after working she had a major symptom display i mean it was so scary and it was at night that day i mean she was rolling on the floor all through with a very severe stomach pain and with tears you know she just came in the night you know was really you know like knocking on my door um i was concerned i'm like what's going on here you know and all of that she kept like oh you know it was it was it was it was not a pleasant sight at all you know and somehow you know i was like ah maybe i don't know maybe she took something she was supposed to take i'm like ah. in a short time she already was running temperature and all that so i was like okay maybe it's malaria or, or anything like that it could be anything so I gave, you know, of course, normal paracetamol, which is what we give for pain to relieve pain and all. After some time, you know, she was like, oh, she felt fine and all that. I didn't really understand what was going on. By the next day, hmm, it was it was more severe than the previous day. I think we had gone out maybe to church or so. The next thing was so, it was not a pleasant sight. She was rolling. She was screaming. She was... I was I was scared. I was like, hey, this one is just two weeks. So what is this about? I had to quickly rush her up to the hospital immediately. They ran some tests. It was a Sunday, but man, I couldn't just even bear it. They ran some tests and all of that. And then that's when we we're told that oh, it's a PID. They now started asking several questions, you know, about her. Of course, she, she had a baby, you know, some years before she came to work and all of that. So <laughs> It was it was something else and they're like oh it requires some form of treatment and she needs to do it and all of that it was not funny that throughout the period was a, a a major one but guess what she insisted that she wanted to go back home for local treatment because that she had previously had that experience and um she usually um you know um she usually took certain herbs and certain things and she was going to feel better that once in a while like that is when this symptom actually shows up honestly 
it wasn't a site that um, I was excited about at all. So because of experiences like this, I usually ask all these extra questions about health, you know, and I also ask, you know, about, oh, menstrual pain. Do they have pains during their menstrual period? Just to know what I'm getting into. So during the interview, you know, I see all of these things. Also, I've done an interview like this when I ask about their health. Uh, is there any place that they're having pain um, currently and all that. And I discovered another one, you know, like I said, I've had all kinds of domestic staff experience. So because these were the interview stages. So for some, I was able to wade it off. I didn't need to, you know, go ahead with this one. Okay. Um, yeah. So for this particular one, I discovered that she had surgery for a not too long ago time and you know when i was just asking like oh, is there any health condition when last did she have anything to do with the hospital and all of that um you know that's when i discovered that oh she won't be able to really work because she said that oh she had surgery not too long ago she can't lift anything up and oh but i would not have known if i did not ask if i was just saying oh okay yeah she's good they've brought her oh, yeah now come and go and do tests and come and work and i'll be wondering ah is this girl lazy why is she always not working i would not have known that she was actually dealing with a health condition so for me it was easy to say oh wow okay I, I won't be able to you know employ her because what i need her for she won't be able to do it at that time find out also about toilet infections about skin issues also for some of them i've also seen things like that before because yeah i've seen one that you know i wanted to employ just like oh when i asked about the health and you know going to the hospital and all that that's when i discovered that oh she had different you know toilet infections you know that she was actively treating and that it keeps coming up over and again and all that so for me i just feel instead of do i i, I ask myself do i want to invest into you know things like this and all that at that moment that might not be my own idea and this does not have anything to do with oh you're not compassionate for some i even i would say okay i'll just support you with some money go ahead and you know treat yourself but the person does not have to come and work with me because i do not know really how because it's also yeah taking a risk really yeah you know having a stranger be with you and all that so that's why i really say you need to Trust God, you know, to get the right person that you need to pray through this process to make sure that you're doing it right, right? Another question usually is, of course, the person is going to be staying home a lot. How do you intend to stay engaged? Maybe when they finish their work, you need to create what they'll be doing to avoid them just loafing around. Because sometimes so for the living ones, if, so if your kids have started school, and then you've taken them to school, you are going to work, you've gone to work, and the domestic staff is done with their job for the day, maybe say 12 o'clock, they're done with everything they're supposed to do. The remaining time in the day, what are they going to be doing? So you may want to just, you know, have a range of activities that can keep them engaged throughout that period, right? I hope this is really helpful to you. Another um, aspect, because sometimes, you know, when it's only them at home like that, they may be bored and all that, so... If you've been able to create something that can keep them engaged that period, they would know that, okay, sometimes they may be the only ones at home, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you prepare their mind properly for this so that you don't have any issues working with them and making sure that things are in place. Now, another one I find out about is relationship check. I find out, do you have a boyfriend? Are you in a relationship? Are you engaged to anyone? Um do you are you sexually active what's your last or most recent sexual experience maybe the date of your last menstrual period this is just to help me know what i am getting into do you understand because i've also had some that came pregnant you know and they did not know that they were pregnant but by the time we asked such questions like oh and they're like oh the menstrual period came the you know the by the time they did the calculation we discovered that okay these ones were already pregnant so i didn't need to spend money to do every other test all i needed to just do was maybe the basic one i could start from the pregnancy test for example before saying i want to proceed with the rest of the test if you know it's sounding like that's what it might be or, you know, like I said, recent, uh, maybe sexual experience and things like that to help me know that, okay, I really need to pay attention to this kind of pressing. And since I know that they've been exposed to certain things, I would know um, how I'm going to relate to them and how I'm going to coordinate my kids or my family around them, knowing exactly um, what is on their minds. Okay. 
um like i said it's just to help you know what tests um to, to conduct and whether there'll be any form of impending health risk okay and asking this honestly like i said it has actually saved me some stress let me also give another personal example in this area right i must i i, I once met one who just had like an abortion and even came and she came deceiving us that oh she she was on her period and you know and she even came with a sanitary pad i'm telling you it was in her bag not knowing that it was actually an ongoing abortion process she had taken drugs and all of that um already and then this was happening at the time so of course we said everything oh she was really very cunning i'm telling you so cunning and you know she seemed very calm soft spoken and all of those things we did all that we we're supposed to do it was after I had done, I was really upset that day because I mean, I was like, it's not the time to waste anymore. It was after I had done the test, I was like, oh, there was this guy that said he loves her. Uh, maybe she was scared already that, oh, okay, maybe the test results will show anything and all of that. That said he loved her and deceived her. Different funny stories that she came up with. By the time the test results came out, guess what? She was actually pregnant. Ah. But I'm like, you said never, you've never had any sexual relationship with anybody and all of that. Eventually, we found out that it was actually an abortion. She was like, eh, after another two weeks now, the whole thing will stop. The bleeding will stop and all of that, that, that you know, that she'll still be able to work. I wasn't able to take that kind of risk, you know. So I had to, I mean, starting out with lies, it's a deal breaker for me. So I just had to let her go. You know, but I'm just saying that if you don't really ask a lot of questions, sometimes you might get into something you are not planned for, prepared for. You don't want to be in that position or put your family at risk because of someone else, right? Then also, I do the money check. So money check here, I, um, what I basically do is um, we ask you things like, what do you do with your money normally? Of course, when you're paid, are there things you do consistently with your money? Any plans for what you want to use your salary or your money to do? Because this will help me to plan well. Now, if she has goals, we can create channels to ensure that she's not wasteful with the money and she can achieve those goals. Because I don't expect someone to just come and work with me and not become a better person. Do you understand? So if we have that understanding, it will really guide us accordingly to do whatever we need to do. Then please confirm. This is a major question you want to do. Confirm the duration of stay plans. How long do you intend working with me if you're employed? This is to help you to have a proper work plan and a replacement plan at the time estimated to avoid being stranded and to also make sure that your transition will be a smooth transition of course this can always be negotiated if she's really exceptional because for some people they'll say okay so i'm going to work for two years i'm going to work for one year and then the, at the end of that year you guys you blended so well and the person was so good and did really well um you would be able to maybe negotiate further and say okay i'm going to do salary increase i'm going to do this or do that for you um do you mind you know to be able to extend and then you can now you know revisit the contract that you guys you had and then you can make better plans for the person i hope this is helpful also um to you now this would also help you to decide very well especially if you are looking for a long-term um domestic staff because like i said i've really seen people who just wanted to work for a very very short time in fact there was one that said she wants to work for maybe six weeks or something because she just needed money to do something immediately so if i didn't ask i would have been stranded thinking oh I have you know i have someone because i always prefer long term i don't want um to keep changing hands and the different people that will have access to my family or to my children um yeah and for me for now i do live in um maids because of my schedule and several things it's easier for me to be able to manage that than the leave out because um i still feel like if they are leave out there is a level of exposure to some form of risk because i don't really know what they are doing out there i mean i've done a test and what if the person is still exposed to something that uh, might be dangerous potentially and we do not know about it so that's my own uh, mindset about like i said our, our cases are all different do what works for your family best now the other part of the um questioning uh, or this interview like i said is an intense interview and that's why it's, it's something you need to have time for to do i talk about sanctions and correction plan you need to discuss with her so that she's aware for example you know we say things like oh stealing is not allowed if we catch you stealing you'll be arrested and it's just to keep the person in check so that the person knows that okay there are sanctions you can't just behave anyhow you can't do what you like and just think you'll get it way with it and then we talk about the respect line or crossing the lines so 
when you're having such an interview, you're also checking for the rude vibes. Yeah, so if you're seeing what's the attitude like for some will be like, ah, you're asking them too many questions or is she cheerful? Is the pressing, was the pressing, you know, engaging? Was the pressing, you know, involved in what you were saying and all of that? You really need them. And please understand also that if they came with maybe an agent or someone, make sure that they are the ones talking, not the person speaking on their behalf. Because sometimes they, those people will speak on their behalf because they've conditioned them as to what they're supposed to say. But eventually you would realize that no, what that person said and who they really are is not the same thing. So you need to allow them to be the ones to answer for themselves. All right. And then language barrier. You also want to ask about language barrier and be sure that that's not going to be a challenge for you. That um, how are you going to handle language issues when you are communicating with them? Right. So if you have a domestic staff that does not understand the kind of language you speak, maybe does not understand English and all of that. What are you going to do? Is there a plan? Are you going to get a, a teacher or what are you going to do just to make sure that, you know, you are covered in this area and you are not going to be surprised unpleasantly. All right. So, um, yeah, let's now go over to the domestic staff payment scheme. Let me just talk about this very, very quickly. And then we'll just take a short break and then we'll be back with part two of this. Um, I'm sure you're going to learn a whole lot from this. Like I said, these are some of the things that have worked for me when it comes to domestic staff or that I've watched uh, maybe from family and friends that has worked for them from for their domestic staff. So let me talk about the payment scheme very quickly before we um, have this short break that I'm talking about and we go over to part two. Now, for payment scheme, you need to agree with your domestic staff on how much they want to be paid. Now, when you have this agreement, decide how you'll be making the payment to the staff. You should have, of course, a price in your mind already that you intend, you know, working with a price range that, okay, I'm not going to go below this, I'm not going to go, and please don't let it be ridiculous. Let it be something that is also, you know, good, um, that would be beneficial to the person, all right, or be able to negotiate. And sometimes, you know, there might be an amount you've always said, oh, this is what I'm going to pay and all of that. Maybe that's what you can afford, but sometimes, you know, you might need to come to the realities that things change. For example, you can't expect that you paid a domestic staff a particular amount seven years ago and in seven years after you're still saying you want to be paying that same amount maybe to a new candidate. Things have changed. People have evolved. Definitely, um, you're expected to step up, you know, certain things that you do as well. So let me talk about that payment scheme plan. Now you can agree with them. Everything depends on negotiation and agreement. For some people, I've seen different, you know, all these planning schemes, uh, payment schemes work differently. Now, is it going to be an end of the year kind of payment? So for this one, you can keep this um, amount of money monthly in an account you don't really use so that it will be very easy for you to access it at the end of the year. For some people, they just keep the amount there once and for all. So let me say, for example, uh, it's an example. I never said that's what I'm paying or that's what you should pay. This is simply... <laughs> An example, okay? So let me say, for example, it's 20,000 in 10 pain to the domestic staff, right? For a month. So you're going to calculate for the 12 months that they are going to work with you and decide that, okay, um, you want to, if it's, let me use 10 months, for example. So um, yeah, for the 10 months before maybe the holiday season that they're going to work with you, that's supposed to be like 200,000. So you can decide to use one of your accounts you don't really use. Put the 200,000 there. For some people, they put it from beginning of the year, they just put it there and say, okay, maybe a fixed deposit, it might yield some interest or they put in, uh, maybe not up to the 200, but whatever the interest will yield, it will be able to cover for that. For some others, they put it in a little investment that can yield returns and that is able to sort out, you know, the payment for that stuff by the end of the year. So they have like a whole year to be able to ensure that, you know, that the salary of that stuff, it's available at the end of the day. Now, you can also do a monthly transfer to the account. If they have a bank account already, you can do that. Do well to um, avoid paying them through someone else to avoid fraud. For some people, I've seen cases where you hear things like, oh, and for the payment, they'll be sending the money to their uncle or their auntie or sister or brother. I always prefer to pay. I mean, it's the person that is working that should be collecting. So somebody else should not be there just collecting the money for someone else that is working, all right? So you want to make sure that this aspect is very, very clear. 
all right now if they don't have an account you can decide to open one for them so that the payment will be very easy and you can just make a transfer at the acceptable time and you know that okay the money is there in their account but if you agree that is the yearly payment you are going to run you can just keep that and by the end of the year you can just make the transfer to them and some of them will even tell you okay so there's a particular amount they want you know at a certain time maybe oh so they want to support their family for a bit with a particular amount and they may ask you okay um, i want a portion of my money and all of that so depends on whatever agreement you guys are going to have you can also decide to pay cash but please ensure that she signs that you have paid her as i've also seen some maids denying that they were paid so signing will be the evidence that they were actually paid um the cash especially but if they are staying as live-in you know having cash lying all around and all that may not really be what's it called advisable it might just be better you know to do the whole account thing and anytime they need the money you can make it available to them and you can please file this you know to make sure that the record for a uh, record for her for everything you know is well um, taken care of and you can keep all of that in place i hope this has provided some form of insight for you as you start out on your domestic staff journey um so part two when we come back would we'll go in even deeper to make this a very seamless season and journey for you thank you again for being a part of this i appreciate your making this investment in yourself so see you in part two Bye bye